Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about summer reads and where we get our ideas and perhaps to give you some ideas uh, of where to get started with reading. But anyway, first, a little catching up. Gina, what's going on? Sounds like a lot. (laughs) Lots of stuff. Um, You were saying before we started recording that Piper has a quote unquote gnarly cough. So does Paige. Here's the thing, Nicole. Ever, I'm not even kidding you. Ever since they stopped wearing masks at school, my kids have been sick. And I'm not talking like stay at home sick. They just have literally they've had a cough for six months. I'm not even kidding. And I can't even I don't know what to do about it anymore, but it comes and goes, comes and goes. Part of me thinks it has to do with allergies. I don't know if Paige's cough is I don't think it's allergies. I think I'm kidding myself, but it is bad. And I'm like, I'm telling her, I said, if you don't take cough medicine, you're not going to be able to go to school tomorrow on your last day of school. We want to go to the pool today. I'm I'm embarrassed to bring her to the pool. I don't know what, not embarrassed, but I feel bad. I, I don't know what to do. But anyway, have your kids been sick since not wearing um, masks uh, in school? So not Shay so much, but Piper. And, you know, she's back to her tummy troubles. So we're back on Prevacid. Yeah, the poor girl cannot catch a break. But this, co- it is just, it rattles. And we had family in this weekend. And I yesterday I was like, I'm going to test her for COVID. Like, just because... It feels negligent not to, I guess, with a cough like that. Uh-huh. Um, it was very negative. And we didn't think it was COVID. Um, she's mid her her vaccines and everything. She's she's had vaccine one um, and just had COVID back in, in January, end of January, actually. So I didn't think it was COVID, but I don't know. Yeah, it's still good to, to test. I wish that they were easier to come by the tests, or I wish we could just have, you know, a plethora of them at the ready, but... Yes, the only Mark's work has um, like a vending machine and you just like oh swipe God. your employee badge and I think you get four a month for free. Yeah, it's really cool. So nice. But I um, think to your point, Gina, is yeah, the we're paying for the mask situation. Not that it was the wrong. I, I'm not saying it was the wrong thing to do. Absolutely. But it it blocked germs, right? So yeah. we have two years worth of germs that our kids are and are that we are making up for basically. Yeah, exactly. This is why when, when people tell me I don't send people do tell me this. I'm not sending my kids to daycare because they always get sick. And I'm like, OK, well, it's either now or, or then like, right, they're going to get they're going to get the sickness at some point. So if you don't send them now, they're going to get it when they're in elementary school. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Um, so you really can't escape it. And it's good. It's your body doing its job. So anyway, lots of other stuff to catch up on. So we went out to Indiana last week and it was a lot of fun. We went to the Indianapolis Museum uh, Kids Museum. Which I guess is is really well known and it's it's known for just being amazing. And it really, truly was. We were only there for about three hours, which seems like a long time. We probably got through a quarter of the whole thing. I mean, it just was outrageous. It was just, it was amazing. It was great. If you can go, I, I highly recommend it. If it's a, you know, make it a day trip or an overnight. But we really enjoyed that. We did have a, a little situation. I don't know if you remember La, a few years a few years ago when Cameron hit Paige um on the head with a golf club. Oh yeah. This is during COVID. Yeah. We almost had to bring her to the emergency room, but it was right in the like, the the most it was in May of 2020. So I mean COVID was still rampant and it was scary. We didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, I'm not bringing her to the hospital. 
if it would have been bad, I obviously would have, but I think she was fine. Anyway, long story short, um, uh, Paige got Cameron back. Not that I'm making a joke out of it, but that's how I look at it. Um, he, she basically threw the filter from the hot tub that we were at the place we were staying at, had a hot tub through the, the filter, the little floaty thing at his head and blood everywhere. I mean, Ooh. I was terrified. Didn't have Nick to help me because I hate blood. And so we got in the car, rushed home thinking we had to get him stitches. I didn't want to, you know, go to the emergency room in Indiana. Not that there's anything wrong. I just wanted to be somewhere where I felt more comfortable. I was on the phone with my mom, who's a nurse. She said, as long as you're there by in, within four hours, it's fine. Ended up, he didn't need stitches, but still it was a really scary ending to our pretty good trip. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> my website is up on my, for my business, www.nutritionunmeasured.com. So just like my Instagram handle, Nutrition Unmeasured. So if you're interested in checking that out, please do. Okay, two more things. Actually, no. Yeah, no, two more things. They found out that Cameron needs to get glasses this week. Aww. So I will be taking him. No, we're going to be taking him to the eye doctor this week, actually, on Thursday to get him fitted for glasses because he has an astigmatism, which don't ask me what that is. I People have been trying to explain it to me. I'm like, whatever. I <laughs> He needs glasses. Okay, sounds good. So mm, my little buddy's getting glasses. Oh, <laughs> I can't even like I don't even have glasses. I don't have contacts, glasses. So I'm just like, I can't. Yeah. I was huh. hoping he'd get my eyes, but apparently he's been blessed with. Nick. Shay doesn't wear hers. She's supposed to wear. Mean? She has oh. glasses. She just never wears them. She refuses. Because, does she? Okay, so here's the thing. Cameron sees just fine. So that's what I'm afraid of. So I've been told the glasses are to prevent the astigmatism from getting worse. So oh. what I don't want is for him to not wear them because he he even said, Mom, I don't understand because I can see just fine. But the point isn't because he's got poor vision. It's to it's to protect his astigmatism from getting worse. That's at least what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully he does wear them. Uh, and then lastly, he's also got poor poor Cameron. He's got this thing called a mucosile. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it's essentially a um, like a a salivary gland or duct in his lower lip that rubs up against his tooth that has been inflamed for some time that we thought was a canker sore for about two months. And then I was like, this is weird. It's not going away. And then it would become even more inflamed when playing with kids. Like he would, you know, hit, get hit in the mouth or something would happen and it would turn big and purple and scary. Um, so we brought him to the pediatric dentist and that's what they diagnosed it as. They said it would never go away. We could get it lasered off if we wanted to, but it wouldn't be necessary. And I'm like, He's not going to, if it's never going to go away, I can't have him living with this thing on his lip his whole life. You can see it when he talks and oh. it constantly gets inflamed and gets big and purple and, and looks creepy. So we are getting it lasered off next week. Kind of like okay. when we did his laser, they're using the same tool that they used when they lasered off his frenulum or they lasered down, they cut his frenulum with a laser. That's the lip tie? Yeah, correct. Okay. Lip and tongue tie. Yeah. So they'll use that same tool to get rid of the mucosilla <laughs> so glasses and lasering for cameron in his future near future oh poor <laughs> yeah, buddy what about you? nothing too exciting you know and it's memorial day so we're gonna go to the pool today which will be fun so yeah. what about you guys well i i know i mentioned on the podcast going to nashville you've been in nashville correct uh-huh yeah you know. okay <laughs> i had not broadway is a shiz show oh my gosh it's bananas. I had yeah, no I, idea. 
I mean, it's, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's just, you mean like loud and crazy? Yeah. Kind of like Vegas, yes. the Vegas Strip, but a little bit toned down. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's like, le- I don't want to say less clothes, but like way more casual. It's not the glitz and glam, right? It's the, oh, it's the cowboy boots and cut off jean shorts, which I'm all about. I was just not expecting the level of just debauchery. I don't, it was just kind of crazy. It's also uh, a college town. So yeah, I mean, you just have to be prepared. Like you got to be in the zone. I was not expecting what, what I got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it, it was interesting. I, I'm glad we did it. Um, I'm not sure that I'll be rushing back to Broadway, but Nashville itself was very cute. Some really great food. And um, yeah, it was a great trip. Anyway, just Broadway, Nashville, all the bachelor parties just killed me. It was like every... Like if you if you're looking for a, a chick, go go to Nashville. I swear the like there's just bountiful women. Um, okay. And then yeah, just kind of memorial you said it's Memorial Day weekend. This is coming out the weekend after Memorial Day, but we kind of kicked off the weekend with boating a little bit. Um Lake Michigan is still frigid. Uh, but the weather is beautiful, so the lake should heat up here really nice. And we did the pool for the first time. Poor Piper with her cough, just like Paige. Um, but it's it's the perfect timing to get into the water and all of our summer activities are winding down. So just this week. Soccer, ballet classes, and swim are all swim lessons are all done. And then after the recital in two weeks, the girls are both flowers in the Mary Poppins dance recital. It's a it's a whole thing. Oh my gosh, they've got dress rehearsals and rehearsals and this and that. I mean, they need sponges and hair bun nets and 15 bobby pins each and red lipstick. And oh my gosh, it's it's just quite the production. Um, but this summer we'll just have Taekwondo. So really looking forward to like just this huge downshift in life. Um, yeah, our July starting to fill up with visitors, but other than that, yeah, we're just ready to enjoy summer. Super excited for it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, before we begin this episode, just a quick favor to ask, since you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they help us reach more people. So of course we'd appreciate it. Yes, please do. And Gina, we're both fairly avid readers. And I think it's fair to say that you and I both have probably increased our reading since the show aired back in, oh my word, 2018. Uh, kind of hard to believe. Uh, but of course, I think the pandemic probably helped us in that regard, just with uh, more time to read, just the opportunity presented itself more. Uh, and of course, there's certain benefits to reading that go beyond enjoyment. So everything from reducing stress and improving sleep, increasing our intelligence, hopefully, uh, if we're reading the right things. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and improving our ability to focus and concentrate, most certainly. And as we kick off summer, perhaps it's a, a season in your life as well that our, our listeners here, that's a little less driven by the daily grind. And a great time to share about our lives as bookworms, some of our favorite reads, and where we find our inspiration. So to kick us off, Gina, what was your reading goal this year, 2022, and how are you doing? We're nearly halfway through the year. Kind of crazy. Clearly, I am not as much of a bookworm as you. (laughs) Um, My goal was 15, although I'm already at 14, so I am way ahead. I don't know. I'm just like, it's 2022. I, I I said 15, like one a month. That sounds about right. But I, yeah, I've been, I'm way ahead of that. So I probably, I'm looking at 30 for this year, possibly, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. My goal was 36, uh, which is about 
three a month um, and I'm three books ahead of schedule. I will mention that this number has basically gone up every year. However, I can't imagine reading much more than this. Uh, I, I seem to kind of blast through a book and then I'll slog through one. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the book is bad or anything like that. But I find that my pace of, of reading definitely ebbs and flows just depending on what's going on in life. Uh, so I would say we're we're not that much off track from one another. Our goals are a little bit different, but our, our paces are pretty consistent. Uh, when and where do you do most of your reading? And are you fully on the Kindle or paperbacks or when do you choose either or? Yeah. So I would say as far as when and where, I I always bring a book to work just to kind of if I've been staring at a screen all day or if I just need a mental break, I'll just take like a 10 or 15 minute break and read in my office or go outside, go for a walk and read. Um, but I do most of my reading at home, either on the weekends or before bed. That's generally when I do it. But also I, I listen to audiobooks as well as reading paperbacks and Kindles. So at work, when I'm walking to an operation or walking to lunch, I listen to an audiobook. So it used to be podcasts, which I, I do still listen to podcasts. I mainly listen to podcasts when I'm running, um, but I listen to audiobooks when I'm at work walking to operations or walking to a meeting or wh- whatever it is. Um, so as far as a Kindle or paperback, I would say 90% of the time it's a Kindle, 10% it's paperback. And really the Kindle for me, it's it's just more convenient. For example, I, I just put my Kindle in my bag, uh, my backpack, because I have to go, my backpack, my, my work bag. Um, I'm doing this presentation tomorrow for orientation, but I have to be there for an hour, but I'm only presenting for 15 minutes. And so for 45 of those minutes, I'm just sitting there. So I brought my Kindle because it's not a big clunky book that will look awkward. I can just whip out my Kindle and read it while I'm waiting for my time to present. Uh, So it's just convenience um, and kind of kills time. Yeah, for me. What about you? I'm nearly 100% Kindle uh, with the exception of self-help books. So you've got me this naked mind. I've got several intuitive eating books. Uh, and now I'm actually onto some about bullying and girl relationships where we're struggling. Yes, we are struggling in this way. Uh, those are books that I really like to outline, reference, you know, just I like to just have them to go back to. Um, and I tend to f- keep those at work. Or just laying around for a time where there's no storyline there. So I don't feel like I have to like sit down and commit to it that I can just kind of come and go uh, to and from it. So I like to keep those at work for, like you said, like an eye break from a screen, something like that. Otherwise, I'm almost exclusively my Kindle because I feel like I carry it around like my cell phone. Like you said, if I leave the house, it goes in my purse with me. When I go to work, it goes in my like little tote bag or my you know, laptop bag. Like it just, if I go to a medical appointment, I have, it just, it's always with me. I'm not somebody who likes to read on my phone, but I know people who do and will use the Kindle app um, from their phone. That's just not me. So I would say having it with you is, is a huge piece of it. Yeah. I kind of want to say two things about that. One, I would, the reason there's two reasons why I don't want to use my phone for my book. And one is the light. I like that the Kindle, the light isn't the blue light that's, you know, supposed to keep you awake and, you know, not, it's not as calming. It's just like, it's basically like you're just looking at a book. It's no different to me. Plus you can, you can increase and decrease the light, which is great. Second, I don't want my kids seeing me on my phone. I can say, oh, but look, I'm reading a book, but they still see me on my phone. 
But whereas if it's a Kindle, I mean, to them, that really is a book. Uh, so that's kind of my mental, what I'm thinking of when I look, when I think about the Kindle. Also, I wanted to add, I t- completely agree with you as far as paperbacks. Really, the only time I read a paperback is when it's a self-help or just a you know, nonfiction type book that I want to keep forever and h- highlight, put tabs on, underline, and it just have for reference forever. Yeah, that's when I, I don't use the Kindle. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and my reading times are pretty much the same as yours, but I would say during cuddle time at night is also a huge time for me. I generally have Piper on my lap and Shay is either cuddling next to me or with the dog. And I am generally just blanketed in little girl and reading my book. And I, yeah, I love that I can turn the light down, like you said, if we're in a dark room and yeah, I'm not having to adjust my, my environment to, to meet my reading. I can adjust my Kindle to meet my environment, which is much, much easier, especially since I have a spouse who goes to bed the second he's in bed and I like to stay up and read. So that the little lights and all the clip on it stuff, it was not working for us. That was, that was a, a marriage deal breaker. So I, the Kindle was, was very wise. I actually just got my second Kindle. I had my first one. It was a champ, but it was, it was to the point and it probably lasted 10 to 12 years. I mean, the thing was old, like it was an OG Kindle, but it got to the point where I would swipe to turn the page and it was like, like it was, I would start trying to swipe when I hit the last paragraph. It was anyway, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, I digress. All right. So you mentioned this a little bit, but a lot of people do listen to audiobooks versus reading. It sounds like you are one of those people to some extent. Do you feel it's as mindful as reading an actual book? Yeah. Like I said, I do both. Uh, I The reason I like the audiobooks is because I'm actually a really slow reader. Uh, so it allows me to get through a book faster than I would if I were to read it. Also, I will admit there are some books that I really think would be good to read for some people uh, for knowledge purposes, but I know that I'd just probably fall asleep reading it. So here's the thing. I had I had this condition. Don't ask me what it's called because this is what my eye doctor said. He always He always says, do you get tired when you read? And yeah, I do. My eyes work extra hard when, when they're reading. And there's a thing, it's called something where they just have to work extra hard. And so that actually causes me to get tired when I read, unless it's something incredibly interesting where I can kind of, you know, help myself stay awake or if it's something that I'm really into. So a lot of times I'll choose to listen to audiobooks that I really want to hear but I know that if I'm reading them, I will probably just fall asleep. (laughs) So that is generally when I choose to listen to an audio book versus reading the book. And I'll give you some examples of those as we get into the further, as the the further down questions, or sometimes also I'll have a book on hold. I'll have the book and the audio book on hold and the audio book will just be available first. And I just really want to get it. So I, I, you know, I check it out and listen to it. Verse, and then, you know, three weeks later, it'll be available on, on, in, you know, paperback or on my Kindle, which is really what it is. And I'm like, oh, I already, I already heard it. And it was great. I, as far as do I feel it's as mindful as reading an actual book? I mean, I, th- I really think that depends. I, I feel like it can be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, a lot of times when I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm just running or walking and I'm, I'm very, very involved in what I'm listening to. I'm just, cause I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything else, you know? Yeah, I do think it is. I I think my mind tends to wander if I'm just listening to something. I've noticed that with podcasts. But in tr- in truth, I have not given audiobooks a fair shot. And given the times that I read, I can't imagine enjoying it the same, for instance, um, in bed or 
with my kids. That to me is like family time almost. And if I had my AirPods, they they might feel a little shunned. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also haven't really enjoyed a podcast or like story series type of thing um, on audio. So I'm guessing that audiobooks wouldn't be my jam. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And I'm sure you've listened to some books where the person's voice just completely ruins it for you. I've heard that a lot of from people who enjoy audiobooks. They'll say, I'm sure the book was great, but the person's voice absolutely drove me, you know, drove me batty. Um, I think for me, some of the joy that I get out of reading is kind of building the story and characters and just how it looks um, by description in the book. And I create that from the written word. And I recently watched Beartown uh, on HBO Max, and it was exactly as I had envisioned from the book. And to me, that is so satisfying to have read a book and then see it you know, come to to film. Is that the right word? I don't know. And it it matches. That's not always the case for me. And sometimes you you find that you love the book more or perhaps you love, you know, the the movie or the series better. But I there's something just so satisfying about reading a book and then having it depicted perfectly on film. Uh and also you just must read that book, Bear Town. It is so good. I just oh it's amazing. Yes. So I'm adding that's that's my first recommendation for <laughs> for this episode. Uh, all right, Gina. But if you were to divide into genres, the books you read, what percentage roughly would you say are fiction versus nonfiction versus memoir, self-help or self-care? And then maybe like a thriller or a mystery. Mm-hmm. OK, I it's hard for me to really break it down, but I would say about 60 percent of the books I read are fiction. and they're mainly, I would say, the chiclet books or mystery thrillers. Those are the ones that I'm really into. Uh, okay. And then I especially love mysteries and, and thrillers. Oh, love them. Okay. And then I probably read 20% self-help, self-care, nonfiction type books. And then 10% nonfiction or memoir type books. <laughs> Definitely not my cup of tea, I will say. But I do generally pick out a couple each year that I know I want to read and 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 make my way through them uh or listen to them the ones that I think might put me to sleep but that I that I do want to hear you know and I'll and again I'm going to get to what those specific uh-huh. books are in a bit here but yeah 60% fiction does that add up to 100 20% self-help self-care yeah. 10% oh that's that adds up that- to 90 <laughs> um no it's fine it's fine no no, it? no 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 you said, ten, oh, I don't think you mentioned it, but 10 per, oh, that's my line. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you, you can't do math. <laughs> okay. 70% fiction, 20% nonfiction, self-help, self-care, and then like 10% memoirs, or even, I might even put like history, historical, historical nonfiction in that category. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I've never, I've never really thought about it that much. So when you asked that question, I was like, oh, God, I don't even know. So I kind of went through and scrolled back through all mm-hmm. the books I've read. But yeah, that's what I came up with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am similar in that most of what I read is fiction. I would estimate at 50%, 10% additional of historical fiction. And I will say I've got to have the appetite for that. Historical fiction is not something that I would like, you know, eat popcorn, you know, and just like munch on and enjoy the book. Like, yeah, I, I, it's you've got to be in the zone. I always seem to read those on vacation. I don't know why. That is not a vacation read. I know. No. But they tend to be long. 
and they tend to be very detail focused. And sometimes if I'm if I don't plow through a book fast enough, I lose the details to the point where the book loses some of its meaning, intention, value, whatever you want to say. And so I find that if I have more dedicated time to give to a book, the historical historical fictions are just things like the Night Nightingale. I didn't add it to my list today, but that is a phenomenal book. It's long. Um Anyway, blah, blah, blah. But I do love historical fiction. 20% mystery or thriller, 15% nonfiction, and then like 5% self-help, self-care. I'm not as, to me, self-care, self-help are not as enjoyable. I I wish I enjoyed them as much as you did. Do. I I don't know that I necessarily enjoy them. And and when I say self-help, it's, well, I do. I mean, it depends on the book. This is also for my kids. Okay. So I would definitely put my, my, like what you were just saying, the book that you were reading about or the books that you're reading about bullying and yep. raising a daughter. I mean, I definitely would put those in the category too. So it's not only self-help for me necessarily, but also just like how to raise kids. <laughs> that goes yeah. in that category as well. Yeah. And I would even put, I mean, I would put intuitive eating in there, yeah. obviously. Uh, so yeah, I guess, I guess I do. I shouldn't say I don't enjoy reading those, but those aren't, those aren't books. Those are hard for me to sit and read at night. I want a good entertaining book at night. Because again, like I said, I tend to get sleepy. So I need something that will keep me interested and awake. And the self-help type books, self-care aren't aren't those. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> they have their spot. It's not before bed. Yes. All right. So at this point, uh, we're going to each list from genre, by, genre by genre, our favorite book in kind of each of these categories and tell a little bit about why you liked it. Uh, and I won't list it. Well, we've, we're going to do fiction, nonfiction, thriller, mystery, memoir, and Brad, which I learned is beach read after dark, i.e. a sexy book. Um, <laughs> romance. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, I learned that one from my book club. But try and go back to the past couple years, not just what you read recently, and kind of walk us through each of those genres and books that you loved. You're so much better at remembering all this. And I, I tried really hard to go back. No, I use Goodreads. I Plug. do too. Oh, you do? I do too. Oh, yes, I do. I still just, I mean, even remembering what these books are even about, let me tell you, I really struggled. I did kind of. <laughs> and now I will say I've only been using Goodreads for two years. So I've only got two years worth of information on here now. But I also did kind of, um, oh my gosh, this is so, <laughs> I just remembered a book. I'll have to mention this one. So I looked at your list and there were a couple books. I'm like, oh my gosh, that one. Yeah. So as far as fiction, and I'll let you talk about it with the book, The One. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot what that book was about. And oh. then I'm like, wait a second. Because the cover on my Goodreads, sometimes the cover tries to kind of, um, you know, re- reminds me what the book is about. But the, my cover that I have on my um, phone is different than the one that is actually on the book, I feel mm-hmm. like, with the the bow and arrows. and. Yeah. That reminded me what it was about. So anyway, it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll, you'll talk about that one. That one was really, really good. I did enjoy it. This is a random one that I'm just adding because I'm just remembering it. And I'm looking through my, um, oh my gosh, through my through my list on Goodreads. There's two. Uh, Things You Save in a Fire. I mentioned this, I think, a couple years mm-hmm. ago on the podcast by Catherine Center. I just, I don't know. The story was not what I was expecting. And I just couldn't put that book down. I don't, I can't even tell you. I think just, again, any story with good character development for me, I just really, really enjoy. And I think that kind of is an obvious statement, but yeah, she's just a really great writer. And then Jonathan Tropper's This Is Where I Leave You, which I read probably six years ago, maybe more. 
It is just hilarious. Where the Crawdads Thing is another really amazing book that you told me to read, or I think a million people told me to read, and it's just so, so good. And a book that I probably never would have chosen to read if I, oh, here's a little thing. I never read what a story is about when I start reading it. Do you? You nope. probably do. Nope. You don't? Nope. Okay. So thank you. I don't either. And so I think that that's actually helpful for me because I don't want to go in with different judging what the story is going to be about or or making assumptions about it. So I just base my my choices off what what people recommend. And so this is a a perfectly good example. I feel like if I would have read what this book was about, I probably wouldn't have been interested in it, but I didn't. I'm just like, okay, I've heard great things about this. I'm going to read it. And it was probably the best book I've read in a really, really long time. Mm Um, de- definitely not the most exciting, happy story, but just, just really, really well-written and, and great. Mm-hmm. Um, nonfiction, that's really all I'm going to talk about with, cause I'm just babbling fiction. And then nonfiction is Body Respect by Lindo Bacon, which I've mentioned a million times. And I would just say, I love that book because it just completely changed my thoughts on everything with regards to health, health and the way I choose to run my dietetics practice and really the, the way I choose to make decisions for myself uh, and my family. So it just changed everything, honestly, in my life when it comes to nutrition. So I really appreciated that. And the way I think about health. As far as memoirs, which is not something they're not, I don't like necessarily go out and seek to read memoirs, but I will say I really wanted to read Obama's book, A Promised Land. And that was one that I'm really glad I chose. First of all, it's huge, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to say there's about 500 pages in this book. And it could, it could be more. I'm not it, quite yeah, sure. But. It, might, it might be more. Okay. So my Nick bought that for me for one of my birthdays once because I asked for it. And then I saw it and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to read this book. I'm going to fall asleep. It's just, again, I'm not a real big history buff. I know there's going to be a lot about that and the government and all that. It's just not my thing. But I was interested in reading it and I really just, I wanted to read it. So I thought- 768 pages. Yeah. That would have taken me a year to read. So instead, I listened to it. I would listen to it on my runs. I listened to it again between meetings. And I really did enjoy it. It was very, it was hard to get through. I'm glad I, I did it. I was very proud of myself. And I'm, and it was, I'm, I would do it again, but it was, it was long. It was a long book, um, but very well written. And I, obviously, I, I love Barack Obama. And then speaking of the Obamas, I also read Michelle Obama's Becoming, which was also very, and I also listened to that one, actually. I didn't, and I didn't choose to listen to that based on me being bored necessarily. It was really just, it was on, I think this was a few years ago, or maybe right after it came out and the wait list for it on the Kindle was so, so long. And it just became, it came, became available on audio much quicker. So I chose to go that route. Um, And then- you recommended this one and and I was never into Jessica Simpson. Okay, I will tell you, <laughs> never. I don't right? know why I chose yeah. to read it, but it was so good. I know, I know. I really enjoyed it and I can't even think of what it's called, but I want to say it's just called Jessica Simpson, I think it's a memoir. Open Book. Oh, Open Book, you're correct, but it's called Open Book, a memoir, something like that. But the word memoir is actually in it. Uh, or maybe that's just what they say, like a novel, a memoir. Uh, but I think you're right. It's called Open Book. But it was very, very good. I did really enjoy it, even though I was never really a big Jessica Simpson fan. I just I told you. I don't yeah. know. People are like, Jessica Simpson? I'm like, just read it. Just read so it. Random. Yeah, it was good. It, it, I mean, it, it kept me entertained for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
thrillers and mysteries, I would say the last thing he told me. And the reason I liked that was because it kept me hooked throughout the book. It was definitely a mystery. And I love this about a book where at the end, sometimes I'll get to the end of the book and I'm just like, really, that's the ending. (laughs) That's not how this one was. And sometimes I'll even be reading the book thinking, am I going to be disappointed by this ending? Because I'll have all these scenarios in my head like, oh, what if it's this? What if it's that? And then I'll and I'll kind of ruin it by saying, well, what if it's something stupid? <laughs> and and it wasn't. It was actually something, you know, it, it it was a decent ending that I, you know, I I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. I I never would have guessed that. And it was just really well written and a really good book. I enjoyed it so much. That's just one of the many thriller mysteries that I've read. But again, I would say, I would say the one which we're gonna talk about was would you put that in thriller mystery? Well, when I looked it up, it said thriller mystery. I think it's more oh, it of like a yeah. social thriller mystery, but I can get where it would just be a fiction. It was so good. So good. And as far as sexy reads, uh, I don't, I don't do that. I that I can rec- recall, and um, unless you you count Fifty Shades of Grey, which I would, you probably would count that. I only read the first one. I thought it was just really, really poorly written, and but I enjoyed it. I mean. <laughs> And I maybe I'll maybe I will, you know, go back and and read the the second. Aren't there three now? Uh, Did you at least yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, this was um, this was when I got married. This yeah, was maybe back it, in there's at least three. Yeah, um, but that's the only one that I can think of, like a sexy <laughs> beach beach read after dark. I I cannot <laughs> think of anything else. Oh man, I feel so dumb. Jonathan Tropper, while you're talking about this, I'm going to go back and think, because I, I pulled up my list and I remember this book. This is where I leave you. But actually, as I'm looking, I get five stars and I'm reading the the description. It makes no sense to me. So I see again, I can't even remember, but I remember telling all my friends about it, but I'm embarrassed to say, I don't even remember why. It's just that he was hilarious. Hilarious. Anyway, continue on and I'll kind of give you some more information once I find it. Also hilarious, and this doesn't really, I mean, it fits in a genre, but it didn't make my list. I read it a couple years ago and it, I, I always remember the book because we were on a plane and I could not stop laughing. Like I was crying. I was laughing so hard and Mark was so embarrassed. Like he did not want to be sitting next to me. And I like, I couldn't stop. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. But the book is, Are You There, Vodka? It's Me, Chelsea, which is written by Chelsea Handler. Okay. It is so funny. And it's like a quick read. Yeah, yeah, it's like short stories. Like it's such an easy quickie. Uh, so if you're just looking for a palate cleanser, that's that's a good one. All right, but digging into fiction, which is where I spend most of my time, uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which is written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Some say it's historical fiction. I, I don't know that that's, yeah, I know. It's it's not, it's fiction. Um, but I get, yeah, there's nothing there that I would say it's historical fiction by uh, traditional kind of frames of mind, but that book is just so good. You read it as well and you loved it. Um, I just, it's a great one. A slow burn if you've got some time. And I have learned to grow in my appreciation. Like some books, it's just like you're reading and you're just kind of like, okay, okay, come on. Like, when's it coming? Like everybody loves this book. Where is it at? Where is it at? And it's one of those that it's you're like sad when it's over, but and you're so glad that you stuck with it for the character development because all those little details and tidbits kind of come to you know this this 
awesome place at the end. But the book is the book I'm thinking of or referencing and saying all this is called The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. So wonderful. Um, and it, it is long um, and it, it's a slow burn, but so, so good. Historical fiction, I, I do, like I said, these are ones that I just have to commit to and, and they're kind of a slow burn as well. Uh, the Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer. And I will say that I have not read a book by Kelly Rimmer that I have not loved. She is a fabulous author. Um, the Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell by Robert Dagoni is also wonderful. And then a little, it, uh, just a trigger warning, um, just on sensitive topics, um, particularly around just inappropriate relationships. Uh, the Reckless Oath We Made by Bryn Greenwood. I read it years ago, but it's a book that's definitely stuck with me. So if that's something, having heard what I just said, if that still is of interest to you, it's definitely a book worth reading. Um, so those are my fiction kind of recommendations from over the years, not just the most recent ones. In the nonfiction realm, um, An Invisible Thread, I read this one years ago. It's by Laura Schroff and Alex Trisnowski. If you loved the movie The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock, it just kind of tugged at your heartstrings. This is the book I would recommend. Um, just really kind of stuck with me. That's the only one I have written down in in nonfiction. Um, not that there's not others, but I'll just leave you with that one. Thriller mystery. So I put this one. So the one by John Mars. My recollection of it, which it also it was, I'll call it a social thriller, and it was made into a Netflix series. This for me was not like Bear Town. I did not. It, it was like a new age. I did not envision it on Netflix the way it was written, and that's okay. Um. But the book itself follows several different storylines of couples. But the 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 kind of premise, the storyline is that you are genetically meant to be married to a person and you may be married to that person. You may not be married to that person, but it kind of follows, I don't know, what would you say, four or five, six different kind of storylines mm -hmm. and how they kind of all interweave. Is that I fair? I actually listened to this one on, on audiobook now that you're saying it out loud. Yes, yes. And that is exactly what it is. And oh gosh, it was so, so good. It was so good. Oh man. It was, it was fabulous. There are definitely some thriller parts to it for sure. So I see where it, it falls into that, that genre and of it, book. It made me think, what would I, it's almost, it was kind of similar to, do you ever think about if you could take a test, which I'm sure they exist, that would tell you like how you would die yeah, or yeah. not how you would die, but how, if yeah, what What's kind of cancer genes? Yeah. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying that, that that doesn't exist right now, but if there, yeah. Would you actually do it? Because it would just change your, it would change your entire life. I mean, yep. but with, without you having any control over it, because you would do subconsciously things mm -hmm. to try to stop it or yeah. I mean, ugh, it, it just really made me think so much about mm -hmm. what I would do in that situation. And it just made so much sense the way that the story developed. It just, it did. It just made so much sense. If you're looking for a book club book, this is a great one to pick. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it's just yes, super thought provoking. Yes. Like, do you ever consider this with your spouse or like, I, I don't know, it, it could go deep. I guess it depends on how close and uh, intimate you are with your book club. But I would say it's a very thought provoking and great conversation. Even if you stick with the storylines, there's lots to unpack. Great book. Uh, all right. Some just popular ones that are worth worthy of mention in the thriller mystery genre. The Silent Patient. Great book. Super creepy. Gone Girl by Jillian Fred. Classic. Right. And that one was made yep. into a movie. 
Pretty Baby by Mary Kubica. And I would just say Mary Kubica is also a fabulous author. Have not disliked anything that she's read. Uh, but Pretty Baby was pretty high up on my on my list of of her mm. books. Ah, no, I like that one. I didn't no? like it. If I recall, that one had an ending and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> uh. I feel like I even reached out to her because I'm pretty sure she went to Miami University, which is where I went. And if I'm thinking of the right, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of the correct author. And I was like, I don't get the ending. Uh-huh. Maybe it wasn't that book. She's got several books. Yes, several. Perhaps it wasn't that one, but I think it was. I, was just like, I don't understand. But she never responded. <laughs> she gets the creepy factor. It, it's not like a kind of book all the time, but it's they're good. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, I do enjoy her, her, her writing and her books. Yes, I would agree. I think she probably appeals more to females, but I don't know. That's all right. Moving on to memoirs. Uh, Crying in H Mart. Such a beautiful memoir. I just my book club read it and we made a whole thing of it. We had a girls weekend in Chicago. We went to H Mart. Uh, It was just a really, really great heart warming book. I mean, not heart. It's sad, but it's it's just beautiful. Um, I also loved Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Really, really good. People love that book. It was it was wonderful. One that I didn't love, but I will say it has amazing ratings and a lot of people love it. Very sensitive, just topic. It, it's not a secret. It's it's about a rape. Um, she was raped, but it's called Know My Name by Chanel Miller. To me, it was just it was really long, and I think being the tough topic that it was, I just it's not one I can look back and be like, I'm so glad I read that book. I don't know, but a lot of people really really like it. So Know My Name by Chanel Miller. Um, okay. it is it is well done. All right. And then on a much lighter note, my beach read after dark. So the unhoneymooners was cute, but probably not overly sexy. Uh, I did receive a recommendation to read a book. Get this. It is called (laughs) Beautiful Bastard (laughs) by Christina Lauren. And it will satisfy um, any uh, beach read after dark desires. Uh, it'll, It'll scratch that itch. So those are those are two of my recommendations there. Okay. I read The Unhoneymooners. Like, I guess I didn't consider that a sexy read, but no, you're right. It's not. It's just light and fluffy. It is. Okay. It is so light and fluffy. It could float to the, <laughs> to the sky. Like I, that, that book didn't do it for me. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be honest, I, yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. So it, not sexy, not sexy at all, but it's not, it doesn't really fit into any other category. It, it's like a romance, but it's, it is, but it was just so Fluffy. I don't want to say what the what the word is because it will give it away, but I was just oh I PG. I can't. What do you want to say? It was so obvious. That's oh. what it was. I'm just like, what? Come on. I don't know. This is the whole but, thing. It just oh the sexual what, tension. Yeah, all those books are obvious. I don't know. I think so. You're right. That's maybe that's why I don't love them so much. Yeah. I'm just I like mysteries. And then you you put in a beach read, sexy. I'm like, this isn't obvious. I, I want a mystery. And there was no mystery. And so maybe that's why I'm just like, it fell flat for me. But did I read it and finish it in like three days because it was such an easy read? I sure did. And I put books, I, I will not finish a book unless I'm really into it. Yeah. I am, I'm known for, you know, quitting books, even like three chapters in. What was the book we both You're, you're a DNFer, <laughs> did not finish. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what was that book that I, I thought you had posted because you liked it and I started reading it and I texted you and I said, Nicole, did you really like this book? It's terrible. And everyone loves it. And I probably don't want to say it out loud because people are going to be offended. But do you remember um, what it is? 
Yeah, it was a it was a it was a memoir about oh gosh, the 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 wife of that volleyball player. Uh, untamed. Untamed? Is it called Untamed? I think it is. Uh Don't even ask me what she was writing about or volleyball? She was she is the wife of that really famous Olympic volleyball player. I did not read this. You did. You oh, recommended I did. Yeah, it. Untamed. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. No, soccer. Lennon Doyle. Soccer. Lennon Doyle. Soccer. Oh, is it soccer? You're right. I'm pretty You're sure right. it's soccer. Yeah, that book was just not good. Everybody <laughs> loved that book. I know. I felt so bad. I'm like, I, I love Lennon Doyle. And I was like, no, this book is not good. I didn't read it. And I, was, uh, and I texted you and, and I was like, didn't you say you loved this? And you said, no, I hated it. No, so it started strong because I remember posting on Instagram about it. And I was like, oh, it started so strong. The first 20%, I was like, yes. And then the last 80, I was like, God, no. Like it just was a crash and burn for me. (laughs) Which is funny because I didn't even like it from the get-go. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, so I'm glad I didn't finish it if it got worse. (laughs) You are funny. (laughs) Okay, so let me just go back to Jonathan Trauber because I totally botched everything I, I said at the beginning. Okay, that book, This Is Where I Leave You, has actually, it was so good, my friends, that it was made into a movie, okay? And it was about a family sitting, and I don't want to pronounce this incorrectly, but it's Shiva. So it's a Jewish tradition of, it's a week-long mourning period after someone um, dies. And he is just hilarious. That's all I'm going to say. If you want a good read, um, it, there's some sad parts, happy parts. It's just like it takes you through all the emotions plus a ton of out loud giggling, I will tell you. Okay. Uh, it's just really good humor. And again, it was a movie. So it was that good, my friends. All right. But it's been a long time since I've read that. So yeah, clearly. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, current books. That was an old book. Yeah. Not that that, hey, oldies but goodies. What has been your favorite book so far in 2022? The two books that stand out, like you already, you've already mentioned this one, but The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, just really, really good. And again, that was one of those books where, okay, it does take me a while. Whenever I start, I have this period when I start reading a book where I'm just, I think to myself, when is it going to start to get good? When am I really going to get into this book? And it generally will take me a couple chapters, if not more, almost all books. Because it's just like that, for, that, you just finished a really good book and then you pick up another one. You're like, it's not going to be as good as the last book I read. Oh, I already missed that last book. Do you ever have that feeling? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's same with the TV show. You know, you start a new one. You're like, oh, it's not going to be good as blank, but you know, I'll give it a whirl. So I'm starting to read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It was not what I expected, but boy, am I glad I kept reading because it was just, it was really good. It was one of those books where everyone suggests it. So I thought, okay, what the heck? I'll give it a whirl even put it on my work book club. Like I chose that as one of the book club books we're going to read. And so I'm like, oh gosh, I got to finish this. This was like into chapter one. I'm just, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I know that's ridiculous. I would never stop reading after one chapter, but it was just, it just got better and better and better. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. And then even the ending was top notch. And then This Naked Mind, again, by Annie Grace, which I just, I mentioned before on the last episode about self-nurturance. It's just the best thing that I've done to nurture my body is drink less. I have not given up alcohol yet. That might be down the road, uh, but I just 
it was a very eye-opening book that has, I would also say, probably changed my life and many of the lives around, of people around me as well, because I've, I've recommended it a couple of times. So yeah, what about you? Uh, okay, I've got two. The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo. Santopolo? Santopolo? Okay. I've actually read this book twice, but I didn't read it until I was about a third of the way through. I was like, this book seems really familiar. And I started scrolling on, um, this is, so I must've read it before I got my Kindle. I don't know. Anyway, I I finished reading it a second time because I loved it that much, Uh, but it it was really good. Really, really good. Um, I would say it falls into romance, um, but not necessarily like the warm, fuzzy romance. So um, I'll just- like not in a bad way, but it's it's very good. And then the other one, which is not a genre I tend to lean towards, which is a bit of fantasy. The book was a, a slow burn again. It's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue and just really, really, really enjoyed it. I don't know what more to say. I, I didn't even think I liked it that much until it was over. And then I was like, uh, 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 and, you know, kind of like you said, um, yeah, I just it was thought provoking as well. All right. So what about favorite places to go for book inspiration? Okay. Honestly, I, I just look at what you read. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I look at what you post on your Instagram and I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Which probably makes this episode a lot less interesting because it's all the books that I've read are ones that you, you know, that's I'm not true. That's I'm not just true. kidding. But I do literally, I take all your recommendations and add them to my, my uh, Goodreads suggestion list. And that's what I go off of. There's a few other influencers that I follow, such as Sally, who was on our podcast previously, yeah. Sally Kuzumchuk. She always posts like once or twice a, a year, uh, a list of books that she's read and loved. And I've gotten some inspiration from her as well. And then also the Girl Next Door podcast. They always have uh, a lot of good recommendations on their Instagram too. So so yeah, those are my my top three. I love it. Uh, I am in two different book clubs. So I've, I get inspiration from friends who read a lot more than me even. And then on Instagram. So if you're looking for some accounts to follow, uh, I've got a few. So one is called Beach Reads and Bubbly, Beach Read, R-E-A-D-S and Bubbly, B-U-B-B-L-Y. She's got about 40,000 followers. She's located in Chicago. Um, I really, really like her account. It's, it's fun. It's also aesthetically very pretty. Um, I'm also a huge fan of the Facebook group called Peloton Moms Book Club. It's got 29,000 members in there. And what I like is that, okay, sure, Peloton probably brings most of these people together. But I love that they actually talk about the books. And they tend to be people in this group that are similar, like age, stage of life, things like that. So I tend to really latch onto those recommendations with, with some pretty <laughs> strong, you know, just, uh, yeah, belief that this is going to be something that I like. I've never been led astray off a book there. And plus people like go and like it and comment and, you know, heart it and all that kind of junk that people do on social media. So that helps. And I feel like people there also give honest feedback about mainstream books that they don't love as much as the hype would have, you know. So there were some people on there that were like, Verity, you read Verity or no? No, I did not. Okay, another mystery thriller. I liked Verity a lot, um, but some people on there were like, "Hey, it just wasn't. It wasn't worth all the hype," which I, I kind of agree. Like, I liked it, but I wouldn't say it's a book that I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you have to read." It. Anyway, <laughs> and then a couple others. Um, these were both recommended by one my the woman who leads my book club, and she's a friend of mine. She's got her own account. She reads so much, and her account is at. 
uh, Lady Brick, B-R-I-K-S, books, Lady Brick's books. And she also recommended one that I now follow called The Reading Restaurant. Her page is also beautiful. So at page, account, Instagram, whatever. Um, so just some places for inspo. And yeah, we have a story too. Is that what it's called? A story, a story highlight, a highlight on our Instagram uh-huh. yes. at yeah. Dietitian's Dish Podcast that you can also look for our ratings and then we put stars, right, Gina? Or we like, we tend to give some type of a review. We do. And we have a nonfiction and a fiction section. So just keep that in mind. You're so good with our social. (laughs) Love you. Tap on our backs for Um, your back. Yeah. Okay. Well, just like this morning. Hey, are we podcasting? Um, yeah. Are you like, are you, there's a lot of blank space. I'm like, Oh, look at that. There sure is. All right. Mom, win favorite new product or recipe. We're going, we're going a little rogue today. I like this. Yeah, we totally are. Uh, my mom win has nothing to do with food or anything, but since we're talking about books, uh, we've been going to the library every other week and picking out books. And the goal is books that I can read out loud that are chapter books instead of just, you know, the, that we're, we're moving away from, you know, kid books, which is so sad for me. Of course, we still read those at times, but my goal is to get them reading more chapter books and for me to read more chapter books out loud to the kids and successful so far. Paige is really loving and Cameron too, funny kid, which is actually kind of inappropriate in some ways. I think it's actually more for like third and fourth graders. That's just my, just from what I'm reading, I, I that's what I think, but she's liking it. And so is Cameron. And even though they talk a lot about poop and stuff like that, I'm okay with it because she's listening and learning to listen when people read things out loud, which is something I was never and am still not good at. Uh, and I'll stop after reading a couple pages and I'll say, so tell me what's going on. And she just spews it all right back. And I'm just very impressed, even though I, I think she's not listening. She'll be doing something else in the room. And I'm like, is she even listening to me? She is. So that's good. And then, of course, we've also been reading a couple books together where she's actually reading them in their chapter books. So, you know, slowly progressing there. And I'm proud. I'm proud of us for that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I've got a, a random mom win as well. The girls just started shampooing and conditioning each other's hairs. Oh, uh-huh. I know this was this was their idea and they are doing an amazing job. Like I've just got to say detachable shower heads are. Yeah, got to have it for that. that. My girls have a ton of hair like gobs. I mean, Piper is a freaking lioness. I mean, the girl has hair that is just like, it's thick. There's so much of it. It's tech. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway. And for reference, they are five and seven. So this is all new and going into swimming season. This mama is just thrilled beyond measure. So that is huge. I, I actually, cause Paige's hair, I can't even handle. I don't know how you keep your girl's hair so long. I, I would go crazy. Um, so the other day Paige was like, I want to cut my hair shorter. And I said, Oh, okay. Um, so we cut off about three inches. It's still, I feel like too long, but whatever. I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's easier to manage. Yeah. Uh, because she also has, I feel like a ton of hair and then there's Cameron. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's a good thing to have a lot of hair, but geez, it's just, I'm glad that Cameron, Cameron has more hair than Paige. I mean, he has, his hair is thick and coarse and just, whoa. So I cut it all off and it's great. <laughs> Easy. Done. I, Mike. Oh, and on this time. So Piper, the other day, my five-year-old, yeah. I was like, 
what is that? She had B.O. Gina. Oh my gosh. Yes. Apparently we just start young in this house. I am. Uh, I was like, girlfriend. It's, I mean, she hadn't had a bath like the day before, but it's not like it had been like five days. And I mean, okay. we are not even in the peak of summer yet. So does Shay wear deodorant yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I did just buy Paige a stick of deodorant, which I'm telling you, I don't think I wore deodorant until eighth grade. Exactly. What exactly. is going on? Either our parents let us walk around with B.O. Or <laughs> I, I don't I, know, or, but it's offensive. So. And, and, and you can't blame it on milk, people, because my daughter doesn't drink milk. So let's get that out of your head. You know, That's milk, it's funny. got that hormone in it. You know, it's not that. It's just... I, Maybe I do have a really good sniffer. I will say I notice things like this very easily, but maybe. yeah, I mean, my face is like up in there. Like I, I, yeah, it's, it's not like she enters the room and everybody departs. Oh, I mean, it's not right. that. <laughs> exactly. She's not going to be the stinky kid at school. I mean, maybe if she I doesn't mean, wear deodorant, but we need to write the ship here, Gina. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I did find a good, cool, cute pink roll on deodorant that Paige says it's too cold. It is really cold, but it, I'm like, you just got to press harder and get it warm. Uh, but yeah, thank That's goodness funny. for deodorant. But at oh. age, yeah, five and seven, it's just, I'm, I'm speechless. <sighs> All right. Well, enough of that. <laughs> Coming up on June 12th, we will be dishing about five random things again. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone, until next time, uh, be well. And Nicole, talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.